0: Last weekend, the Premier League schedule had a home game against Waverley Hockey Club. The Bert Batch Cup, one of the best weekends of the season. Huge crowds, boisterous atmosphere, top class club hockey. This annual cup match between Camberwell and Waverley is in memory of Bert Batch and his enormous contribution to Victorian hockey and the Waverley Hockey Club. It signifies a rivalry and respect of excellence between Camberwell and Waverley which began in the 1980s. During this era, the clubs featured in almost all the grand finals and won five premierships each. The competition was so close that neither club was able to go back-to-back during that period. Welcome to the Camberwell Hockey Podcast. This week, Hamish Ridland is joined by Waverley and Kookaburra's superstar, Travis Brooks. Trav played 143 times for the Kookaburras, winning Olympic, Commonwealth and Champions Trophy gold. The boys reminisce over a cup's past and the ongoing rivalry between two of the Victorian hockey heavyweights.
1: 2020 marks the 25th running of the Birchback Cup and it was due to be played this coming weekend on the 16th of May. With COVID-19, we hope that this match can occur later this year and we've got a very special guest this week. Uh, not many hold a better Richmond hockey. It's having played 143 caps for Australia, two-time Olympian, gold medalist, OAM Commonwealth Games medalist, uh, champion's trophy winner. Thank you for coming to Enemy Lines. Welcome to the show, Travis Brooks.
2: Hey, Hamish. Thanks for having me, mate.
1: And uh, just give us a rundown on the use of the OAM. Is there any sort of do's and don'ts with OAM? Do you,
2: do you put it on your, your your email signature at work? What's, what's, what's the done thing with the OAM? No, no, it's um, not. I don't really uh advertise it mate. I don't think it really gives you anything in in life or at least what I've found anyway um it was, it was funny that the day I went and uh into the uh, governor's house here in um, Melbourne to receive it it was um i was pretty humbling um when you uh, basically we walk into a big room and you, you sort of all wait um i can't remember how many people there i'll say fifty for example and Either side of me were um, some pretty impressive people. I had a, a doctor who was saving lives with um, cancer, and then on the other side of me, I had a firefighter who had risked, risked his life in um, a few in a big fire somewhere and, and saved some people's lives. And here I am in the middle. Um, and I, it's just yeah, you, you feel a little bit like you, sh- you don't deserve something like that when there's people like that doing some some pretty important things, and then uh, here I am just hitting a hockey ball around the park. So yeah, it was. Um, it's it was pretty pretty uh I don't know um surprising um but you know proud proud to have one but um yeah I'm not sure what what value um any perks in life it gives you mate but uh, if you know of yeah. any let me know <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> okay yeah and you know obviously we're we're sort of struggling through the COVID a little bit and
2: trying to keep connected and how, how's Waverly going with uh, these times at the moment yeah it is it's um it is crazy out there at the moment um and local sport it's certainly hard to um to get the group together and team sports etc um the look I've um I haven't been around the the groups too much but from what I've heard is the girls are connecting on zoom and doing uh zoom training sessions which is which is great and and being well received by them so they're managing to Continuously push each other along via um, via Zoom, and to be honest, I haven't heard too much from, about the men, but I think they're um, they're just working hard individually. Um, they had a program with one of their um, trainers who uh, set it all out, and they've been yeah, up and running with that for a while now, continuing with that.
1: Yeah, I think it's much the same at Campbell. I think we've we've been doing some similar things, and yeah, my son's been doing karate on Zoom. So yeah, if you if you've got shares in Zoom at the moment, you'd be uh, you'd be doing well, I
2: reckon. <laughs> That's it.
1: So, we're here to talk about the Burt Batch. Um, it was originally a concept that the Roland family initiated through the 90s and uh, they donated the, the trophy. Um, it was sort of also formulated a bit with uh, our club patron at the time, Keith Thornton, who was you know, more than excited to, to take it on. And you know, one of Keith's big things was in inviting the uh, opposition to the club rooms and, and put on a good spread. And certainly, the Burt Batch is, I always remember it being the best spread of the year. And I think we probably didn't put as many sort of food out for MCC and these sort of teams, but uh, certainly Burt Batch, we, uh, we'd certainly laid it out and, uh, you know, Keith was a big exponent of that. And we sort of do that with all, all clubs these days, but certainly the Burt Batch is the, is the big game of the year where we do it. And how do you guys, do you guys do sort of afternoon teas and things like that with, with oppositions as well, or is it just something you do for Bit Batch?
2: Yeah, no, no. I think every week, um, yeah, the, the guys bring along a, a platter for home games and um yeah p- play the host duties for uh, opposition teams but uh yeah well that's right mate we, we we cook the good stuff for that um but, <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah the bird batch cup is certainly um it's a highlight on our calendar at, at waverley um, something we look forward to certainly i always looked at the fixture and saw when it was coming up
1: when i was playing in them and things and when do you remember your first bird batch cup Oh, do I remember the? Getting a bit old now, I suppose, mate. It's a while ago,
2: yeah. Yeah, I know. I played played in a few too. Um, I remember playing quite a few. I remember, um, you know, different times. It was the just the the beauty of having the 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 batch family come along as well, and being able to present the the cup, um, irrespective of who the who the team that won it was. I think it made it an extra special, um, occasion for for both clubs. Yeah, absolutely. It was always yeah. Stephen would often
1: uh, present the the cup and say a few words about Burt and I, I agree it was it was it, it's something that has been both clubs have really uh carried it on I think it's one thing to start these things but it's 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 continuing them year on year and I think going into its 25th year it's it's it hasn't lost any momentum which is which is mm. fantastic Give yep. gives a bit more insight to what it means to the Waverley Hockey Club because it, it's it's certainly it was an initiative born out of Waverley and we were obviously very flattered and humbled to to be able to partake, but it's it's certainly a Wavely um, a concept. What what does it mean to you guys um, specifically?
2: So I think I I came through under 12s, under or under thirteens I think it was with, and I was lucky enough to be coached by Bert. So um, guys like uh, myself, Aaron Swindells, I'm um, just trying to think of a few other guys around um, that era that that managed to go on and play in the Premier League at Wavely. Um, yeah, I think I think I know Azra and I were were definitely two that were, were coached by Bert, and that was um that was really it was really nice knowing knowing personally who Bert Bash um, was. You know, as you said, it's been twenty five years, and um it, it's it's a long time, and with, with Bert having passed away, a lot of the the kids today wouldn't even have any. Any knowledge of who he was or ever met him. And, and to be able to be coached by by Bert and then playing in the games made, certainly made it um, extra special knowing the impact that he had just on, on my career, especially early on. Um, it was almost the first sort of occasion that we'd played uh, in a regular season on Artificial Surface, having moved from Anticard at Waverly and Electra Avenue and out onto the. Yeah, uh, I uh, it. yeah, Yeah. The, the tennis court, which was great for your eyes when they used to spray the little rocks in them. But, um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, so having Bert there, he just taught you a whole lot of little things around, you know, the differences of playing on, on artificial surface and um, just almost – Having, I guess, being around um, his sons and how they were made to the elite level, just being able to f- filter some of that stuff back through to us as, as kids at an early age certainly made a, a big impact on our career.
1: And, and Bert's legacy is beyond Waverley as well. He, he certainly had uh, an impact um, on, on hockey in Victoria, along with you know people like uh, Mike Craig and, and Keith Thornton as well from from Camwell and. Can you sort of tell us a bit more about um, Bert's legacy remembered at, at Waverley? Bert
2: was he was very um, hard but fair guy um, from from what I remember from him, um, and I think he he was probably instrumental to us as a club um, moving up f- through the ranks and, and making into interstate league. So when he came across with his kids and um, helped basically set up Waverley as a as a, a state league one club and you know one of the best clubs in Victoria. He, he absolutely played a massive role in all that um, you know both um, coaching and um, you know um, guiding his own kids but also you know coaching and influencing a lot of, around uh, the club so not I know there's been a lot of players who the generation before me that came through that uh, that, that had involvement with um, with Bert and, and obviously the, the batch boys as well. so look he's, he's, he was a massive um, influence in our club over, when we look back over our history for sure. Um, and I think he was probably a key, a key driver and a key part of us um, moving from a, a club that was um, good um, but but not at the top level, um, taking us that next step as a as a club. He, he was a main player in, in making that happen by the the level of um, professionalism I guess he brought and the experience, but also um, the, the the rest of the family as well coming across certainly helped.
1: Like my good self, we, as you get older, you, you can't play hockey as much as you'd like to, and and, and things. But you, you sort of become teachers over doers, and obviously your brother and yourself have been quite involved of late in in coaching at Waverley. And do you think some of those values and things that Bert sort of in, entrusted in the club and you know struck a chord with you both?
2: Yep, and I think we we certainly try and pass that along. It's it's interesting now. Um, I don't know what's like with you, but when you go down and you start dealing with. Uh, the kids, kids of today, and and the differences in how they approach it, um, it's certainly you know I feel there's a different um, vibe, I guess, in, in between how how the teams of today interact with each other. You know, post game I see, um, you know, wave in in the clubhouse, so Wavely and Campbell getting together and discussing versus you know the the generation that where we came through. So, um, yeah, the things that the bird and um, you know, you know, the batch family and and you know. The, the changes that have been in the Waverly, um over that period of time really, um, certainly, we've tried to pass that on through the generations. And as we uh, in, moved out of our playing careers and continued on in the in the coaching uh, space, we yeah we certainly try to ensure that we keep a level of um, level of consistency slash um, history, I guess, in keeping the same same things that we value as a club that can stand the test of time as we um, yeah as as the club moves through through its um, journey, I guess. The
1: other factor, I suppose, that was – and you sort of mentioned it just before that um, Burt sort of was instrumental for to making your club a very high-performing club in Victorian hockey. And and, and so sort of that cues into the 80s where uh, Waverley won five premierships, we won about that as well. Um, and nearly for a decade, both clubs competed in grand finals, which is pretty remarkable. Um, you guys won the odds, we won the evens. It seemed to be the way to split it. <laughs> yep. Um and I think it was testament to how close the teams were because neither team could could actually string back-to-back premierships together. And, you know, there's some amazing names from both sides. You know, you've got the Batches and Simon Dawkins and Stephen Bursell and Rob Whitehouse for, for Waverley. And we've got the likes of Jay Stacey and Stuart Grimshaw and David Wandsborough and... Anthony Potter and Andrew Henderson. The list goes on for both. So it was effectively the two, the, the state side playing against each other <laughs> in, <laughs> in many respects. Yep. Um, can you remember any of those sort of games growing up? As a, you, you know, you would have been a pretty youngster then, maybe ten or 12, 13 at that stage. But can you remember any games that you would go down and watch?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I do remember through through that period. Um, geez, it's 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 funny looking back. Um, you know, the names you mentioned from Campbell, I remember J- Jason and I playing in the front yard. You know, I'd be Jay Stacy, he'd be Dave Wandsboro one, one day and on, and th- the next day, <laughs> i would be, be the opposite. And, you know, we used to play around in our front yard hitting goals and, and yeah, emulating that, those guys as our heroes. And then, yeah, being able to go down and watch them on the weekend. Um, you know, I remember going out to the hockey centre for those grand finals and just the atmosphere was was just amazing. And, um, yeah, there's a, a really rich history between, um, between Waverley and Campbell, and you know, even to this day, it, it carries on. So, it's it's um it's pretty special, I think it, it, the the uh the rivalry, I guess, but also the, the the history that we've got between each other.
1: Yeah, I was I was talking about this very thing with Dad just the other night, and we were sort of reminiscing about the ninety grand final. It was just, I don't think I've seen a hockey game like it, and it was it was sort of a three all at heart full time. But Campbell had been leading by three one with about no more than two or three minutes to go and within 40 seconds Colin batch found Steve Purcell twice to cut it to <laughs> cut yeah. the difference to make it even and and back then it was 15 minutes each way or 12 and a half each way or something yeah. no no golden goals he so had to play extra time out and there's another f- you know, five more goals were scored in, in extra time <laughs> it was uh, just one of those epic games that you, you, it was it was pretty amazing I can still remember it now it's being so nervous and I think even when we were up Six four. I was reading one of the news clippings. You guys still had three chances in the last minute to try and bring it back to six all. So it was just, yeah. I think that sort of epitomised where the where the the two teams were at and just how close they were. How did with people view Campbell? Because the, the team of the nineties for Campbell certainly was. They played on the edge. I think it was fair to say. Yeah. Um, so I think we certainly had a role of respect, but I don't think we were particularly well liked. Uh, growing up Waverley, what what was what was everyone's sense at Campbell?
2: yeah <laughs> We um, look. We, we we certainly respected, but we we definitely had a, a hatred. I guess in, in, in a sporting manner, we had a hatred towards you guys. It's uh, you know interesting hearing your name. Some of those guys that came through, we were lucky enough to be coached by Robbie Whitehouse. So um, yeah, you know, coming coming into the Campbell Games, he certainly gave us a bit of bit of extra oomph in his uh, pre-game talk. <laughs> <laughs> bit of history. That's it. A few scores are settle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But, yeah, look, I think, um, you know, even um, both on and off the field as a club, I think we've we've got a lot of respect. And in in many aspects, we at Waverley um, envy what what Campbell's done and and set up and how they they go about it, um, for sure. And, um, you know, I think between the two clubs, there's – I think we've both – been lucky um, in that we've had some really good administrators and, and good people and good coaching involved to, to remain for such a long period of time at the, the top of um, Victorian hockey. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think, you know, I think both clubs had, you
1: know, Bert Batch and Keith Thornton and, and, and Mike Craig as mentioned and they certainly throughout the, you know, 60s and 70s really grew the junior structures in both clubs and yep. that set a great foundation. But it's, yeah, I think both clubs have had... Um, successive, well-run administrations to to take that to the next level. And, um, yeah, I think there's certainly a lot of mutual respect after the game, for sure. I don't know how much we've – at Canva, where we talk about the 90s and the 80s as our golden era at, at nauseam. Um, <laughs> and it's definitely – and it, it it absolutely was in terms of the, the calibre of the teams and the success that they had. But um, I think it's quite interesting that, you know, Waverley really had two golden eras and – your era in the sort of the noughties was was equally as good in terms of uh, netting the same amount of premierships and, and and quite a number of grand finals. And how does does there any discussion at Waverley around the two eras and where do, where, where does uh, where does history lie? Uh, will sit at Waverley around
2: what the golden era was? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a tough one. I guess you know being part of the noughties – um campaigns that we had it was it's it's hard I guess when you're involved in it it's easy to look back and you know I think probably the 80s and 90s just because they're the guys that I grew up um, you know as my role models in, in, in hockey and you know you always put those guys up on a pedestal about um, the way they went about it so I guess it, it, it's, it's kind of hard for me to make, to make that call and you know the game the game was different back then to what it is now there's you know the things like offside being in in back in those days, it changed the way players played. They, you know, had to be a bit more smart. It was it wasn't probably quite as athletic in, in some aspects of what it is now, but they had to be really smart and crafty about how they went about it. So, um, yeah, you know, to compare, comparing the games and the teams is, is certainly difficult, but. Look, I think um, you know it's probably very similar to the to the period of time that you guys have had um, relatively recently as well. Is is yeah, it, it's they're hard to compare, but jeez, you, you enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, they're not bad, are they? I mean, I, I think interesting that,
1: that you know the really only thing that really splits the two is um, is you guys were able to win at both a 3 Peter and a back to back, and yes, that's quite a that's quite an achievement in itself. I think that's probably the the, the the only difference between the two areas, in terms of um, from a wavy perspective, anyway, is does that does that sway the discussion in, in any way back in the club rooms at uh,
2: Ashwood Reserve? <laughs> oh no, not, not not that I've heard, mate. I guess it's you know you, you just take you just take the game on a year by well year by year basis. I guess when you look at it back through history and um jeez just just getting to the grand final is a is a big task um as you guys know and then you know to win one then to to win two and three um in a row it's certainly it's certainly a big big challenge but obviously yeah it's, when you look back you you've kind of broken things down into game by game year by year sort of focus so um i guess yeah looking back over a long time it's yeah i I guess winning three-peats, there's not too many of them around. Um, and, you know, the, the, the team that we had through the noughties was certainly pretty successful. But, you know, there's, there's parts of me that look back really fondly over that time, but there's parts of me that are bloody disappointed that we didn't win more because I think we, we lost our first three grannies being, that we were in. Um, I think you guys actually probably knocked us off in one, maybe two of those.
1: Uh, just, just the one. I think it was it one. was more yeah. the uh, the Jay, Stacey, Mouse, Brennan combination. Yeah. I think that... Uh, in a couple as well yeah. I think which is That's
2: pretty it. formidable yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah you always sort of wonder
1: yeah I think it's interesting too I mean I think like given the success that that group had do you think you know losing losing three straight and then going on to win your next five appearances is is pretty remarkable to to in terms of that do you think do you think that um, having gone through that period of three straight losses then really steeled the group to to make to make to make good on these opportunities going forward.
2: Yeah, look, there's definitely an element of that. Um, you know, the, the experience, the learning, um, certainly played part in, in in all the all the success that we had as well. But I don't know, mate, sometimes it's easy to to get all the success without going through the pain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. <laughs>
2: Um, so, like, it's been
1: 20 years since Cam, well, I mean, we, we just mentioned that grand final, that was the 2000 grand final and it was, uh, it's 20 years since then um, and, you know, we, you you guys had, were just entering in the, the next window of opportunity and ours was was more or less closing at that point in time and hockey was changing a bit, carbon sticks were coming in and hitting was going away and slapping was coming in vogue and a thing called tomahawks came in. So I think we should, you know, we should definitely talk about that goal. Um 2000 Olympic Grand fi- uh, Final Gold medal game 1-0 down uh, Jamie Dwyer Just slips you the pass And Just talk us through What happened
2: Yeah so um, it's, it's funny When I think back I felt like I had A hell of a lot more time Than what When you watch it On the video You go oh, Shit actually happened All, all pretty quickly um, But yeah So Remember a nice long ball um, I think it was from Livers from, from the back line All the way up to Jamie Sort of posted up The centre forward And I'd run past on the left wing, and and Jamie did a nice little back stick flick through. And um, I just remember at the time I was going to pick it up on my flat, and um, and then go in and just pull the trigger on the shot. But also, as I as I went to to do that, I noticed that the keeper was off his line. He just felt like he was he was way out. Um, looking at the tape, it doesn't look quite as bad as what what I remember it. But yeah, I thought, geez, the keeper's a long way out towards the top of the circle. So I thought he might have thought that Jamie was going to trap and roll and take the guy one-on-one for a shot and he so is out but when jamie slipped it off yeah felt he was offline so rather than pick it up on my flat i thought oh i reckon i'll pull the trigger on the tommer here so i remember um le- letting it come across my body and then just going down in the tommer as i hit it i thought geez, i hit that pretty well um and i just <laughs> i just remember the keeper diving and as he dived he kind of dived from where i was in the hit i was down pretty low hitting it it looked like he dived on it, and I was like, "Oh, geez, I wonder if it's if it's gone under him, or is he just sitting? He's you know nesting it and sitting underneath his his body." And so um, it felt it felt like I was I'd, I'd hit I'd come up and I, I was almost leaning back trying to see what had happened, but in reality, I'm still kind of fair fair way forward. But all I remember then is um, just seeing the ball pop up over the back of the keeper. So it went under him, hit the backboard, and then just popped up. And at that moment, I thought, "Yep, she's in, you beauty." And then uh, <laughs> I remember um, going to the double double pits and putting their hands up in the air. And uh, yeah, a bit of an
1: aeroplane there too, wasn't it? it was,
2: uh, <laughs> I looked up into it the it. Yeah, I looked up into the crowd, and um, I was like, "Oh, how, how good is this?" Um, so Louise Louise Dobson, she's a fellow Victorian, and you know had a really successful career with the uh, the hockey Roos, looked up in the crowd, and She's there. She was full, full hockey ruse kit. I thought, gee, she's done all right. She's come out full hockey ruse kit to support us in the gold medal playoff. She was um, standing next to a guy who had like an inflatable uh, wallaby that they'd taken overseas into yeah. into Athens. And you know, all I, the last thing I remember is that as I turned um, with my hands up in the air, as I turned back around to go and you know celebrate with the team, was it there the, the Both Louise and and the the friend, her friend next to her, threw their beers up in the air, and I just remember it going up and I don't remember it coming down as I turned around. So I thought someone's just got the nice spray. So anyway, after the Bay 13. Yeah, exactly. So after the game, I'm 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 up with my family and you know, just they're all congratulating me and I'm showing them the medal. And I was in a circle with my family and I I looked across um, and the circle uh, sort of behind me. I was, I looked across the, my circle with my family and directly across was, uh, from me was my dad. And then behind him was another sort of family that had gathered. And I noticed Louise was there. And so, you know, I thought, now how cool is this? My really good friend, the highlight of my playing career, I've hit this ripping goal and she was there to celebrate it with me. Anyway, I said, dad, just, just hold on a second, mate. I just want to go over and say hello to Louise and say, you know, how good was it that you were there? So anyway, that's like yeah, yeah, sure, no worries, mate. So I walk past Dad, and I get into this other circle, and I start to make my way across this circle. It's about say two two meters in diameter. I start to walk across, them and I just go, oh, I have got no idea who this person is. So <laughs> I've celebrated the whole lot of my career with someone that I don't really know. But um, yeah, geez, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> you must get uh, do you get these bumps when you watch the video again? Yeah, yeah, I do, mate. Um, it's it, quite often I go along and, and do talks on it, um, and, and that video comes up. Um, sometimes, you know, I, I provide that video because it's a nice wrap of the game and shows a lot of the bits and pieces that happen. And, and um, but sometimes you go along to talks, and people have found that on, on YouTube. And yeah, it, it does. I, I get the goosebumps. Um, yeah, you can't sometimes get a bit emotional about it. Yeah, it's just, it's just. Um, yeah, it, it does. It still strikes a chord, mate. Yeah, what a moment! Fantastic. When did when did you sort of develop that skill?
1: I mean, you know, that that's a skill that I didn't. I was too uh, too long the tooth for to, to learn those sort of things. But um, when when does I mean that it sort of showed the sign of how hockey was changing in that that that's And we talk about the nineties versus the naughties and things, and slapping and tomahawks were just you know players had to be able to hit on both sides of their body. When when did you sort of pick that skill up?
2: Yes, I think it came in '96 uh, after the Olympics. Was when they. Took out offside and um, changed a whole lot of the rules. I'm not sure if they changed obstruction as well at that point, but yeah, offside and um, and allowing the use of uh, the tomahawk. So I guess as a kid, look, mate, I don't know if I if I if I thought it. If someone said to me, whatever it was, was um, basically if you want to be a a, a really good striker and um, you know being able to to make it to the next level, you've got to be you've got to be able to hit these tomahawks. So. Um look mate, it, it was it wasn't smooth sailing. It's quite funny now I look back on my career. So I was playing at playing at Waverley after a couple of years of Danong. I was I used to practice at Danong, but geez, I could never hit it flat. And then um going back to Waverley, Jerry Anastasia was uh, our coach and Every time I'd hit hit a lot of tomahawks, both at training and then in the game, I was having quite a few shots on the tomahawk because there was just space out there. Right, People were probably still adapting to how to tackle it, how to to smother it and do all those sorts of things. And I had a fair bit of space out there and I thought, oh, I'm just going to pull the trigger. And I kept hitting over the top of the goals. Like if you imagine top of the circle hitting a tomahawk, you could probably put another goal on top of the current goal and it was going over the top. I, I actually remember dro- driving my car down to Waverley because Waverley's got, if you look at the car park end, has got a nice big double fence. Yeah, the fence is not high. Well, it is It is now. They have that extension. It is now because of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, if anyone's car was parked there, I apologise. But, um, yeah, so I used to work at that end and hit the, um, hit the ball into that fence so I knew I didn't have to go and fetch him. And it was just practice, mate, just like practice, practice, practice. And it got to the point where... I practiced the thing so bloody much that I actually became better at hitting tomahawks than than on my flat, and even to this day I still were going to hit the ball hell of a lot better on my tomahawk than my flat. But it was just purely a you know you practice, 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 practice. So um, yeah, by the time I you know made it up to um, to playing in the Australian team, I, I had that that skill pretty pretty well um, tamed, and I could control it really well. You know, hitting it left or right and um up and down mm. stuff, so I'd almost got to the point where i'd after hitting it up in the air all the time i, I actually got to hit that or got that out of my system of hitting it up in the air and hit it flat that I could barely lift it anymore because i I'd, I'd become so accustomed to hitting it flat. Well, good thing you didn't try and hit on your four stick that goal, then. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's funny because I uh, remember it was uh, Jerry, who was our coach. He goes, "Put it away, Travis. Don't, don't ever hit it." He goes, "Just <laughs> get it back on your flat." And so, if I had to listened to him, we probably wouldn't never have never have had that goal.
1: <laughs> and then, I mean, at the same time in two thousand as well, you know, we played that final out at Doncaster, and that was because the State Hockey Centre was being re- redeveloped. But that would that would, you'd go on to win the Commonwealth Games gold medal in in the new stadium at that time, which has obviously been under renovation as we speak. But that must be also a massive career highlight, being able to not only play in, in Australia, but in,
2: in your local crowd. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, awesome. Um, you know, look, the Commonwealth Games was fantastic for Melbourne. Um, getting that hockey facility up and running was, was terrific. Um, we're, we're pretty lucky. Um, if you think about what we had beforehand to, to what we ended up with was you know, chalk and mm-hmm. cheese. Um, yeah, we, we certainly, um, we certainly did alright out of out of the com games. Um, playing at home, you know, I'd been lucky that my family had come over to um to to see me over in, in Athens, and they on a couple of home series, they flew up to to Queensland or, or Sydney to support me and, and Canberra as well. So, um, you know, it's 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 nice playing in front of your family, but you rarely get to play. Games in, in Melbourne, um, with the, with the Kookaburras. A lot of the stuff's over in Perth because that's where they're they're based at the Australian Shooter Sport. There, um, I guess Sydney was kind of the next port of call, um, and then and then Melbourne was probably pretty close after Sydney. But yeah, to play that tournament in, in Melbourne was just amazing. Um, the home support, just seeing the people of around hockey, it was um, yeah, it was it was just great. Um, and yeah, mate, I think you know the more the more um, we can play here in in Melbourne at that at that international level. It's going to be you know better for the game. But for me personally, that 2006 yeah, Olympics good. was just amazing to be able to play with um, play in front of family, but also the the friends and and be able to share some of the excitement of Com games with your friends is, is terrific.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was also a couple of Waverley teammates with you, being Luke and and Kimpy as
2: well. Yep, yep. So that was there. Yeah, that was also nice, extra nice for the club. We're pretty lucky having the three of us involved. Um, in in the one national national team at that time but um yeah look the, you know the club certainly um enjoyed that as 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 did we as players as a highlight yeah
1: and you've obviously played against some of the played with some of the greatest hockey players and played against a number like who was the who was the best player you played with putting on notice
2: <laughs> best player I played with um jeez uh look, look Jamie it's hard to go past Jamie he's just yeah You know, like geez, you you think I remember training with him and just thinking you've got him, and then he would just zip around you, and you'd just be so frustrated. You're thinking you've done everything right, but he was just a, he's just a marvel. Um, of you know, just seeing him turn people inside out is just amazing. And Mm. you know, like just he could hit goals. Um, and and that's worth its weight in gold. Being able to hit hit goals, and you know, I remember doing some goal shooting stuff with with Jamie, being um, fellow strikers. We used to do a fair bit together, and I remember hitting the ball zinging in the corner and bloody Gimpy would fling his foot out and make a ripping save in the net. And then Jamie'd hit it between his legs and just but it'd just be a goal and that was just the difference. You know, Jamie could hit a goal. <laughs> he was just it was just so bloody good. Um but you know, when you think about defenders, there was um you know, like a Bevan George, um, Matthew Wells; those guys are amazing tacklers. And um, you know, you, you just just to be able to have, you know, sometimes you think, geez, you, it's really good to have those blokes behind you on the pitch. Um, but then, you know, oppositions turned Anoyer from from Holland. He was he was amazing to watch. Just a bloke at full flight, um, just had the grace of a a swan yeah. um, as he went. Yeah, and, and was and could turn games, yeah, could but could just turn games and hit goals and you know or set up goals and win win things off his own bat. Um, yeah, geez, um, you know, yeah, you know, it was just just amazing just to see uh, just to play on the same pitch as some of those guys. It was um, yeah, it was, was <laughs> some pretty good memories there. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I must admit.
1: Burt bats. Let's let's just go back to the Burt bats, I suppose. And we're we're in the twenty fifth year and. You know, the the tally stands at nine to Wavelin, fourteen for Campbell. And we certainly bookended those those numbers. Um you certainly won a lot of them. Um so you, you just talked a little bit about um Rob Whitehouse's sort of leaning in a bit on the, the pre game <laughs> speech. But what 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 were the kind of things you, you, you guys felt you needed to do to
2: beat Campbell when you
1: you were coming into a boot match?
2: Oh jeez. We we always knew we were up for a, a really tough game. Um, it was, you know, did, <laughs> when do we ever see a, a Waverley versus Camwell, um flogging? Uh, there certainly has been some over the years, but but um, not many. Yeah, and, you know, we just knew it was going to be, a, you know, maybe a, at least a three-goal game. Whoever hit 2-1 two, two, or, you know, maybe lucky to get a 5-3-2, but really did we have a draw, I think, and... Um, you know, we used to, someone we used to win by one, so it was always a really, really tight contest. But oh look, mate, um I guess geez, you know, tactically and stuff, we used to you know, look look for how you guys came out of defense and you know, we we always thought you were pretty right side orientated. Um and used to try and do some stuff around that. I am going off my memory here, which is <laughs> I haven't played yeah, for yeah. for a while, but probably probably just how you're gonna get a past Dreyer too. That was probably the other yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, it was always handy having him in the net for you guys. <laughs>
1: Uh. <laughs> he certainly propped us up at times Particularly in those early noughties I think uh, yeah. that was probably uh. Those close score lines. I think he had a lot to do with it
2: Yeah, yeah well I think we can't talk too much on that mate We had uh, Steve Molan in the net He was pretty handy as well So we, we were lucky Which probably made the games even more tighter right Any goal you got was uh, yeah. was worth probably two in those games Yeah
1: I agree uh, You know, I think when we were going to your game We, we, we knew it was going to be physical we knew, we knew there'd be cards <laughs> um i think we always, had to, we always had to dance this fine line we felt if we could just deny you know some of your key players the, the ball that the anxiety level would go up and when, when tim started to get a bit physical we knew we were on the right track but then you know if if we got behind a bit the momentum would switch you'd yeah. have aaron buzzing around and getting up on your grill so there was always someone in our grill at some point it was just depending on how we, you know, walk that line between whether we're up or down, but uh, we knew we always knew it was going to be uh, willing. Uh, it was, yeah, I think trying to trying to get that anxiety levels by denying the ball was was our sort of strategy. But uh, I think you guys just had too much class in those the early noughties anyway, where we just weren't able to go with you for most of them. But uh, that was that was always our our go. How <laughs> successful we were. I mean I remember Greg Reed would lament quite a lot that we didn't have any we had too many nice guys. He he thought we had not too many nice guys on our team and uh, he never stopped talking about how he would like us Swindells to in the forward line. Um mentioned cards. Did you ever have to have a quiet word to some of some of your guys? Your guys sort of got oh, yeah. a bit uh, hot and steamy on the on the pitch at times. You'd take him aside before the game, so I know you're playing Campbell, you know. I know Lockie Dre is, you wanna get into him or one of the Riddlands? like yeah. what what was any quiet words when had
2: to some of that? Oh, Tim, Eric, I just Campbell, <laughs> mate. That was a weekly, uh, <laughs> weekly <discussion. laughs> yeah, they they loved uh, they loved they loved hockey. I think it was the highlight of their uh, life each Saturday night, um, as it probably was for all of us, to be honest. But um, geez, they uh, they're, they're certainly passionate about how they go go about it. Um, they like to throw their their weight around as well. Um, yeah, look, yeah, I think half the half the battle in hockey, I think. We all kind of train the same. We're all as fit as each other. A lot of it comes down to the mental aspect, and in these games, you know, when they're tight like like they always were, um, it's just who could hold the composure for the uh, for the longest. I think. In a lot of it, and I think you know, I think
1: if you throw in like onesie in, on the pitch as well at the top, yeah. I think you could certainly see the the, the Thompsons' blood oh. pressure go up just when he was close to them. Yeah,
2: there must have been a few players you guys love to hate. Oh yeah, look, I think there was. Um, you know, we used to always talk about the uh, the and twins. They were always a couple of favourites of ours. <laughs> um, I think I remember getting a yes, y- yellow card against you. I think we had a, we had a good laugh when we um, worked together once around that. Uh, around that, where um, I think my stick came out of my hand from from a tackle from you, and I went to retrieve it. Um, you. Um, happened to be on the line of me going to get the stick and I think you thought I was coming to give you one and <laughs> we had a bit of a tussle and I think next week I'm getting a yellow. You yeah, ended hard. up in a headlock, I think. Yeah, that's right. And then somehow yeah, somehow I ended up with you in a headlock and and then Tomo came and took my uh took you out of my headlock and decided to have a dance with you in his. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I remember actually when Tim and I were sent off behind the net, um it was a Pointer and uh Wonsie came up behind the net and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Minta as well. He's the yeah, and had a little chirp, so it was quite it was quite funny. I was sitting there
1: laughing. Well, down down the other end, I remember Dre getting really cross at me, saying, "Wait, well, we we spoke about discipline before the game, and what are you doing?" I all <laughs> the teammate, and I said, "Look, you know, one Ridland for a Thompson and a Brooks. I think we're up here, like <laughs> in terms of a fair trade. I think we were we we're well ahead." But yeah, he was pretty he was pretty dirty on
2: me. Yeah. No, yeah, that no. was, was it. Was a funny instance, but um, yeah, no. <laughs> I just I just think it's down to the passion, mate. We we all play the game with, which is uh, which is good fun.
1: I think, um, I mean, I look back at the 2010 premium final that we played against you guys, and I, I we our team was changing then. We sort of had a, you know some really good players, and you know the Websters and Phil Potts, and obviously a Declan and other players that gave us some class we didn't really have in that earlier the decade, and and. That's obviously formed the core of the team that's had great success. But um so we fit, we sort of had the speed and youth, but we we were all over you like toast for sort of the first twenty minutes and then you guys just found a way to win and I think I think that summed up your team, particularly at you know, at the end you sort of won back to back when no one really thought you were um there. You guys just had a, a fierce hunger to win and I think that summed up that group, just the, the sheer competitiveness of it. Um it was a real strength of the group.
2: Yeah, and look, you know, I look back um, over my playing career. It's You know, obviously, the international stuff was great, but, geez, the club stuff was good. Um, I remember going down to, to trainings. I actually used to enjoy sometimes doing the Waverley training more than Values training because it was just intense. You know, I remember Robbie, mm. Robbie Whitehouse turning to us one day going, boys, you can go home now. I looked up at the clock. It was quarter past 11. We'd, we'd done the late session from eight thirty but we just kept going and pushing we're just playing small games, but we, it was just intense and you know wanting to win and we really had a, a just a team that was just driven to um to win and that were really hard about it uh, hard nosed about it and you know sometimes look we uh we probably ruffled a few feathers of some of you know the younger kids probably coming through and we probably didn't handle that well you know when you look back retrospectively on some stuff um but uh, yeah, geez, it was it was it was good just the way we, um, we used to train it, and I used to love it lot like just being a competitive beast. And then having you know the Thompsons and Adrian's and Daunas and Mollems and all that, just those really competitive guys just training just sort of used to go up a notch. And then when you had Robbie Whitehouse at the helm as well, who's a competitive bloke, as we spoke about earlier through the through the history of yeah. Canwell Wavely, it just it was it was geez, it was just good fun when you look back and you think as as a as a guy playing hockey or just even team sport, just just the ability to physically and mentally challenge yourself at those training sessions and then take that into a game was just um, yeah, it was just perfect really is just what you what you really um really love to do.
1: I'm not surprised you say that I, I think you know we were always surprised
2: with
1: you know. Sometimes we weren't sure whether you sort of argued with us more or you argued amongst yourselves more, but, you know, that fierce, you guys certainly had standards that you, you sort of demanded from each other and, and, and you didn't accept anything less. And it seemed like that was a real strength that you guys didn't take it personally either. You were able to to have those hard
2: conversations on and off the ground and and be better for it. Yeah, you know and that is you know one one of the good things. I think we're all we're all still um, really good mates. We had a, a reunion actually um, earlier this year. We snuck it in before everything uh, went into lockdown, but gee, it was good just to catch up with the guys and, and talk back over that um, that twenty ten flag. And um, you know, yeah, we're all still lifelong friends. A lot of the guys are still around the club now. Their kids are coming through like myself. And um, yeah, it, it, you're right. We will certainly. Hard on each other, but there was the underlying mutual respect. I think that that certainly, um, yeah, certainly held us in good stead for um, for mate work, mates outside. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: They probably won about like 10 veterans premierships now in a row, too. Now, they? What yeah, probably I, to now. I
2: haven't, I haven't joined them yet, mate. I'm, I'm i yeah, I haven't. I haven't the knee, um, <laughs> the knee, yeah, yeah. No, I've played a couple of games down in Pennant, I think, Pennant E, Penn and F, Pennant E. I think it's my last I've played. That's that's enough, mate. That's um, that's good fun. I, I'm not too fit these days, so I'm, I think my last game I ended up um. Funnily enough, I hit a tomahawk goal. As I hit that tomahawk goal, I I limped to the bench because I just ripped my hammy and uh, never made it back. Oh, no. <laughs> After about round six, I ripped it again three times and then a calf popped up. So, yeah, I haven't joined the veterans yet. Have a mighty fall? Mind. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Too true. But
1: still, I think you know. I think that's a great thing when 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 players go do come back down and. You know the juniors coming up that they get to play with yourself uh, is will give them a buzz. So it's great that you can still do that, albeit briefly, with soft tissue injuries. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the current Waverley squad. That you know it's certainly a very young squad. It's a developing squad, and you know, you know, you guys have been making finals, but not not quite converting them into finals wins just yet.
2: Where, where do you see that the where the Waverley squad is at? Um, is now. It's interesting even just to hearing you talk there about, uh, well, um, you know, early 2000s to late 2000s and how you have that next generation come through, the Websters and the Philpots and, and co. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's really it's really tough, right, to, to get there and maintain it for such a, a long period of time. And I think Wavely, you know, we, we came through, I think 2011 we won. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so Two thousand ten that I was a part of. Two thousand eleven they came back to back, and then yeah, I think since then it's been pretty quiet. Um, yeah, it's pretty much been
1: Campbell greensboro, Campbell, greensboro. a bit of um, yeah, yeah, a bit of Doncaster and uh,
2: yep. and Southern now. Yeah, yeah. So we've you know we're certainly at that point where I think we you know the, the losses of the Brookses, the Thompsons, the Cusicks, you know, Aaron. Um, all those sort of guys, Washusas, et cetera, have all kind of moved on now and that's that next generation. So the you know, the Damon Stephens and the James Nee and, you know, the Lockie Steinfords that are coming through uh, at Waverly. Um, they, I think the team's about to hit their their window and I think, you know, it's everyone's got their own opinion, but I think kind of 24 to 27 is probably when you're roughly playing the best in your career where the mind and the body are at, at about they're their optimum for, for both and um, I think we're we're probably on the entry of that that window um, you know, there's a lot of really good young kids as well coming through so yeah look man I'm excited about what the future holds for, for the guys um, and, and you know we really need to get um, You know, get some of these guys. They'll they'll go in through the elite programs, etc. So you know, like you guys had the Websters, who was involved in the Kookaburras for a little bit, along with um, Phil Potts and Klein etc. You know, Decker's, who was around um, the the Vikings for for a long period of time, who was part of that elite stuff. It just just helps your club um, come along and those around them, and I think. Wade probably had a little bit of a, a softening in that area, I guess. Um, sort of think Damon Stephens and James and have been our two kind of stalwarts in that area, but we haven't had a hell of a lot um, that jumps to mind um, in that period of time. So, yeah, look, it's just just a good good time, I think, for the guys to really take that next step. And 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 as their maturity grows, I think they certainly they certainly learned a lot. I think I think last year they got pretty pretty well flogged. Was that I can't remember if it was Campbell or not, but um yeah, said- it, it,
1: i think i think week to week it was I think we beat them 1-0 i think in the we beat you guys 1-0 for the bit batch and then the the final was was quite i think it was quite a quite a comprehensive one and yeah. um but this just spoke to the use of the squad i think the ingredients for my eye seem to be there it's just uh as you say maybe just a, a bit of maturity and can't be too far away, though, I think.
2: Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. I was, I was bloody surprised at that result, but also know uh, Colin Batch was pretty surprised too. I was talking to Batchy about about the result, and he goes, "I don't think I've lost to Campbell since, since ever." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I don't." I don't <laughs> something like that because it was a seven-one or something from memory, wasn't it? You guys gave us an absolute. Yeah, it was, hard it was of that order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now the, the groups, the groups learned a lot, mate. They've certainly been disappointed. I know from speaking with the coach, coaching group, and the playing group. Uh, over the last, uh, it's been kind of two years, I think, where, we've, where we haven't where we have quite gone as good as we wanted to in the finals, having had a pretty good uh, round-robin season. So, um, yeah, look, I think the guys are there on uh, the cusp of really putting something together and giving it a shake.
1: Yeah, we've sort of touched on you on the Campbell podcast, so we have got to give us a few cues. So I think, you know, we've we've obviously had a bit of a, a good run. I think we've had sort of seven seven straight finals appearances and missed out last year, but... Um, What's been impressive of, of the group that's gone through um, for Campbell over the last wee while? Oh,
2: the talent of um, and the depth. I think from from, you, from your end, um, just really seeing the young the young guys kick along and and um, and see them grow and, and the influence that they make on the game. I think um, is it Jake J- O'Shea? Jake O'Shea is that right? Jack O'Shea. Jack yeah. O'Shea, yep. yep. Um, I'm not too good with the names of, of everybody these days, mate. But, um, you know, just seeing the likes of him and um, just being nicely complimented by Azar, uh, Klein up front and, and those those sort of guys just, you know, and I'm, I can't remember, you know, Tim just Tim Everest as well has been been great for you guys. but Frosty, yeah. Yeah, those those sort of guys, mate. Look, as I said, I don't know all the names, but but there's just a whole lot of new, new young faces that I see that are just – you can just tell that they've come through a really good system. Um, their their basics, their understanding of the game is really, really good. Um, and I think that that's probably what's been impressing impressed me the most is you've been able to um, get get there to the top, win the color flags, but then sustain it over a long period of time, which shows that there's a you know there's been a, it's been a well managed group in terms of having the team ready to go and, and win, but also ha- hails the plan in place for the sustained um, success. And that certainly paid off um, dividends when you can see the results.
1: Well, thanks very much for joining us. I don't, you probably didn't think you were ever going to be on a Campbell podcast. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all set up for, a, hopefully we get to play the game later this year. And as you say, I think, you know, you'll have revenge on your mind. And I don't think it'll be 7-1. It'll be more like 2-1 or 1-0 or 3-2, whichever way it goes. Um, yeah. So let's hope that uh, we can get a game and, not sure we could be able to put a spread on this year, but um, yeah, it'd be good just to at least get the game. And uh, thanks for coming and speaking to us, and uh, thanks for your time.
2: Yeah, no worries, mate. And looking forward to the battle too. All the best.